Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans who have gone underground. We've taken on secret identities, changed our voices so that we can bring you our unvarnished views on stocks every week that we choose from Value Line's uh, weekly uh, investment survey. In this case, uh, the issue uh, well said, Vern. dated the week of April 18, 2008. Yeah. Before we do, I want to remind you that we do this for entertainment purposes only. Yes, sir. That's true. Only we have no other purpose except to be entertaining. And well, we may know doing a great we job. may know nothing about what we're talking, or we may know a lot about it. You have to try and guess which it is. I don't. Uh, ever and we may we often own clear. the stocks that we're promoting, so um, or talking about in a favorable way. But in any event, Did you um, talk to a lawyer this week or something. You're going <laughs> please, on and on. Please visit our. Website at www.thevalueguys.com to read more about us and uh, to find out all the disclaimers that we want you to be aware of. In the second half of the show, Please. we're going to come back with uh, – I've got three stocks that I basically have uh, plucked off uh, the, the market's garbage heap. And uh, – no, you need to hit start. There you go. Um, but first, I'm going to turn it over to the man of the hour, the analyst analyst, values. Thank you, Vern. For that heartfelt introduction, uh, you you seem to have a lot more energy than I do this week. I'm going to have just a little taste of this here. Uh, just try to get some some energy here. The wonders of show. caffeine. Well, I've got more than caffeine going here, my friend. Okay, uh, this week again, it's one of these weeks. There's not a lot in here that really, um, frankly, I'm that interested in. The drug industry draws my attention because of the demographics. You know, thrifts, we've talked about real estate. I look through there and just, you know, valuations don't look that great, although they could be depressed earnings. Life insurance, I just had no interest in that section this week, so I completely skipped over it. Precious metals industry, I took a look through there, and guess what? A little bit, that's kind of out of the bag. Prices are going up, everyone. Stocks seem <laughs> those, to know that. Those charts look like ski slopes. Yeah, that seems to double be Double black there. diamonds. Metals and mining, you know, I saw a few in there because there are people betting the cycle's done when there's a pretty good case that the cycle uh, is not done. And, in fact, you're running into, you know, things like limits of production for decades to come and economies growing fast and people who everywhere want to have a living room that looks like your living room. You know, in places like China, that's think how much metal and chemicals and such are just in your living room. Not that's to mention a, that's the a bedroom lot of living rooms and the too. kitchens. They all want that, and that's a lot of stuff uh, that these companies make. So there's one in there I like, I think, but I passed on it. I'm sorry, Allegheny Technologies. So I'm not going to talk about it except to say that I almost did that, and I'm just going to throw out the page number. So if some of the listeners might want to do that on their own, they could. Uh, Allegheny Technologies, page 1224. Sort of like an independent study project. Yeah, yeah. Send me an email. You know, some listeners know if you guys send work in to val at thevalueguys.com, I actually critique some of it. You know, some of you guys could get high-paying jobs out there, uh, and you have a lot of talent. So that's one to work on. It's very interesting. Is the cycle over? Is it not over? Who's to say? Uh, val at thevalueguys.com. Okay. Now, into stocks I actually want to talk about. First, Dow Chemical, D-O-W, page 1236. Um, I've talked about this one before, and it's kind of flattish. You know, the stock has a negative slope for about 10 years. Not that I'm a chartist, but that seems to be just a sign of 
chemicals and manufacturing losing share of the world economy as productivity allows us to buy more higher level wants instead of needs. I thought they were inventing needs. new materials. Well, that, you know, uh, life of, what is it, chemicals are life or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, and they probably are. These guys put up a pretty good margin. It's down right now. Costs are going up. But they make basic chemicals that go into everything. All those living rooms I was talking about in those kitchens, they all have things that they're not labeled. They're not, you know, they're not branded, but ethylene, propylene, benzene, styrene, acetone, chlorine, ethylene, oxide. You probably can't make a seat cushion or a hot pad without them. You know, vinyl chloride, propylene oxide, glycol. I read today that uh, maybe it's Dow. Maybe I read it right here. I don't know. But someone's, yeah, Dow is building a new chloralkali production facility in Freeport. Here's something you don't even know about, and they need to make more of it. What does that tell you? And it's a recession. So... These guys have been putting up very respectable returns on capital for a decade, and by that I mean, you know, mid-teens, and that's pretty good for what you think is a big commodity manufacturer. Uh, margins have tended to peak out in the mid-teens, fall back into the 10 zone. That's where they kind of are now. Uh, I know they've been facing cost increases on raw materials, feedstocks to all their products, and I think they not they have not yet gotten the price hikes that are going to come on the other side of that. These type of companies on the way into an inflationary period, uh, they lose for a little while, but then they tend to win uh, on the other side, and I think that is uh, you know likely here. They're paying you a 4.3% yield right now. Uh, they're trading at, uh, you know, I didn't even do the math here very well, six times gross cash flow of 620 a share. That's an 09 estimate. It's value lines estimate. I'm fine with that. Uh, they're putting up 230 a share in CapEx. I'm going to subtract that to get, uh, you know, like 4 bucks in free cash or value line free because you want to maybe think about subtracting out some working capital, uh, you know, uh, currency if it's going to be ongoing. But I also think that some of that CapEx is highly profitable. It's building factories in places they need a lot of chemicals and they're apt to be high-return projects. So, um, you know, I don't know if you want to subtract that out or not. But you got four bucks, ten times. That's a ten percent cash on cash return. And then Value Line says they're going to grow cash flow at you know basically zero. I just am not buying that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think they're going to grow at least with world GDP and maybe a little bit faster because in economies that need Dow Chemical, they need the credibility of somebody like Dow to help build out their infrastructure. Uh, you know, and these guys have economies of scale. I just think they're going to get a little better. Three to four percent volume, but no price? Well, it it doesn't even say that. It's basically saying they're going to get some volume growth, sales of four, earnings of zero, and they're going to give it all up in margin, and I'm just not going to be buying into that uh, because uh, uh, they can shut down capacity and people like China and places. You know, the stuff they make is a penny for every dollar of end material, uh, maybe higher than that in plastics and such. And when they take price increases because of no capacity, that's just taking a little bit out of the playbook of some of these metals guys you're going to talk about who sort of figured out that if they just don't build any new capacity, uh, they can make a lot of money. And when the guys come for price cuts, you just say uh, no. And it works real well, and I think these guys may over time you know, learn about that as well. any case, uh, Dow Chemical, a stalwart of the world economy, Good balance sheet also. I just like it. Okay. Next up, uh, BioVail, BVF. Ooh, this is a controversial it's stock, isn't controversial, it? It's very controversial, Vern. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. 
Hold on to your seats, it. folks. Uh, anyway, well, first I want to say I don't know anything about it, just so I have that out there. You just there. know it's controversial. It is. It's, well, I know that. I know the chart's not looking very well. I have been recommending this for a little while. You could have bought it off my recommendation. No, there's an, there's an accounting huh? problem there. Or? Well, there's a uh, wait. There's no. There's an alleged alleged accounting no. problem. It says <laughs> it's here that no so one recently. admitted or denied guilt. <laughs> it happened no. so recently they or haven't no. proven anything yet. It says no one's admitting any guilt. So I think it's just alleged. Wow, what a great strategy. Yeah, thank you. Well, it'd be my. You strategy. did this. No, we didn't. No, they're not. They're, they're not saying that. They're just not admitting anything. They're just paying a fine. They're paying. Uh, Let's see, $10 million to the SEC. Okay, well, how many shares are there? 161, so that's $0.08. Cents. The stock's at 11 so $0.08 cents goes for that. Um, ooh, they also had to settle a class action suit. I'm, I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, probably something to do with misusing a brand name or something, I'm just going to guess. Or... Or, you know, maybe a drug. Lying about the financial performance no, of the company. No, a drug didn't work. Yeah, it could very well be that. I'll bet that is what it is. Uh, because they had to go back and restate some earnings, but it's just not material. You know, one of the best companies in healthcare, in my opinion, Cardinal Health, had an issue. It's a multi-billion dollar company where they took a $20 million gain in the wrong quarter as they tried to estimate the value of a lawsuit. You know, these accounting you know, issues, these accounting rules are pretty vague sometimes. And so, uh, of course, companies are going to make mistakes. Do good but, citizens make mistakes but you're saying on their there taxes? Was, there was nothing here that raised questions about the viability of the company. There's no one's undoing the, the, the sales the, line. The level of no. returns historically is really no. what the returns were. No, we're were. talking about something immaterial, my friend. Okay. You know, you've got revenues here of six hundred and fifty million, and there's a question. You know, it doesn't say it right here, but I seem to recall from outside reading that you're talking about. You know, 15 million of earnings or 20 million that might have been in the wrong period. Not, no. not that they didn't earn them. Did they earn them in the? You said they were in the third quarter. Oh well, actually, I guess they were in the second quarter, or maybe you know there were fourth uh, to first. Something was uh, expense that should have been capitalized. You know, that's what these things are about. Um, there is a guy that resigned over it, and uh, I think he's actually going to get uh, in a little bit of trouble here. Eugene Melnick. The founder and the ex-chairman, he, uh, you know, he might he's, be out. He, I think he is out. You know, it doesn't say that here. I read a little about this recently. Actually, a listener wrote in about this one, and I'm just following up because it's in this week. Uh, he retired, and uh, evidently he sued the company. The company claimed he did some things, and it all just seems to be working its way through. Meantime, let's get back to the company, not that soap opera. That guy's gone. They've paid their fines. Uh, now, they're putting up about $700 million in revenue. The problem is the year after that, it's going to be 650 So they've got a big product called Wellbutrin XL that's coming off patent. It's 85% of their revenue, and it's coming down fast, and they've sold this stock down to, uh, you know what, uh, it's, it's priced at 11 but there's 4 bucks in cash and no debt. So that's seven in my book. And even Value Line's saying they're going to put up two bucks a share in cash flow two years from now. Well, that's down from 335 because this drug is going away. But it's a three-year payback, or three and a half, on your net investment. Uh, meantime, the dividend yield is 13%. So, uh, 
you know, maybe they'll cut that, but they don't come and take back the money, okay? So that's another 13% discount on the share price, which at 4 bucks means you're really buying it for 340 or something if you just count the dividend. That means you're going to get it for a year. I think they'll pay it for a year. Uh, their share count's been pretty stable. Their operating margin, ladies and gentlemen, is 52%. So it's going down. I mean, not the margin. The, the sales are going down, but that's a lot of margin. They're doing something very right and proprietary. And I just think this is some kind of doomsday scenario here. They have salesmen who know doctors. Uh, they have a distribution channel. And I think with $400 million in cash uh, and generating a lot of cash, you know, they only have $0.30 cents here in CapEx. The R&D is expensed, so that's pre-cash flow. Uh, they're going to have an opportunity to find something else to do and meantime, if they just do this, you'll get all your money back in three and a half years, and anything they do after that is called your profit. So BioVail, <laughs> I like it, BVF. Finally, how much time do I have? Oh, you have all kinds of do time. Do I? Yep. Great. Well, why don't we time. just take a smoke or something then? I ah. quit smoking a long time ago. Yeah, me too. It's kind of 80s, I guess, whatever. Yeah. All right. Heinrich and Struggles. H-S-I-I, page 1298. Uh, what do I like about this? I have a theme. Um, well, my it? theme on BioVail, by the way, it's a short one, health care. Okay. People seem to want more of it. Well, it's they gaining want the share of GDP. provide it for them. Right, right, exactly. Okay. Which means somebody else. That's all they really care about. Yeah, the the, the baby booms are going to be vo- baby boomers voting for more health care. Okay, Hydric and struggles. But to, you can't what? have a theme with only one. You need two line, two dots to make a line. What? Do you, what? Okay, how about this health care? Yeah. What's your other health care idea? This week? Yeah. I don't have well, one. You can't have a theme without every at least stock two. I have has a theme, my friend. I'm looking at a bigger universe than these three okay. stocks. All right. I have six. What's your theme for Hydrix and Struggles? Can't don't no one knows how to spell it. How's that? Uh, well, it's Hydrick, not Heindrick. Heindrick. A lot of people say Heindrick. 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 I don't think people say that. No. Okay. okay, here's my theme on Hydrick and Struggles. You want to guess struggles? what my theme is? What a great name! Do you want to try to guess what it is? Guess what? What is my theme? My oh, theme, your theme this week um, on this one? Employment. Ah, okay. Not really. No. <laughs> Working. Here's my theme. There's a growing shortage, it ties in with demographics, growing shortage of senior executives worldwide, okay? Hydric and sh- Struggles, they don't just By do... By the way, if you're listening to the show and you're in the market for a highly paid executive type, you know, drop us a line. We, uh, I'm not know. available, frankly. We Burn could be available. for yourself. <laughs> I could be available. Okay, I understand. All right. Well, Bear Stearns first. Who's next, eh, Vern? All right. So... A growing shortage of senior execs worldwide. That's my theme. And these guys do only the high end uh, of, you know, the executives. So the, the C's, they call it, I think. The CEO, CFO, COO. Um, and they don't mess with the other positions. And so I'm sure there's a lot of population growth and all that that's going to fill all the main positions, middle-level positions. I'm talking about who at the top knows how to deal with these global problems that are evolving, like people in China that might not want to know how to, you know, get to the next level, or India, or wherever they are, and they're going to turn to recruiters to find the best people. Or how about U.S. automakers trying to just get smart guys out of Japan that know how to make a profitable car? Things like that 
are going on everywhere. And these guys are involved in every one of those searches. And I think that that's uh, a long-term trend that gives you a chance to buy this during this, you know, recession, if we're actually in one. The stock was at 55, you know, a year ago. It's at 33, 38, close today. By the way, today was a pretty good day, but these prices are still below the prices on the value line. I guess we had a bad day a few days ago. I kind of, I kind of put that out of my mind, I guess. You get a 1.5% yield. Uh, what do I like about it? It's eight times gross cash flow, 10 times free, but they've got $282 million in cash, no debt. That's $15 a share if I've done my math right here. They got 16 million shares, and they do buy back shares. So that's a lot of excess cash. That gets me down to about 17 bucks or 18 bucks. Now, granted, some of, this, some of this cash flow is interest, but, you know, on a well, buck. Well, it looks like they pay a dividend, so they might need to use you know, some of it. They don't pay much of one, 52 cents of a dividend, and the cash flow is 390 They use it to buy back shares, and they'll, you know, have a good return at these levels. But uh, if you back that out, it's four times gross, five times free. Okay, solid margins going back, mid-teens, great returns, you know, for this kind of service company, mid-teens, uh, no debt, as I said. They're diversified around the world. And, you know, it's no secret that we're in a recession. The stock's off 52. So I don't have a lot else on this. The growth rate here, according to Value Line, 6% on cash flow. You know, that probably is okay. Um, but they're still, you know, not using any of that cash flow for anything but buying shares, and that's about a, you know, what, 16-year slope to buying back the whole company. So Heindrich and Struggles, HSII, page 1298. Fascinating, Val. Thank you. Absolutely That was kind of quick. I don't know much about Beverage that. Beverage break. Here you go. Thank you. And now with a medium amount of ado, I usually have an ado scale, if you know the listeners. I do. And it's medium this week for reasons I don't want to go into. You're a big Vern, fan of the sound of music? Value. Thank Vern you. Value. <clears throat> I'm going to start with my first... Uh, Garbage Dump Survivor, um, a company called Brush Engineered Materials. I'm not very familiar with them, but you seem to think that it was uh, the old Brush Wellman? The I symbol is so. BW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A father and son. It's uh, in Cleveland. Beryllium. Yeah. Yeah. It's in mm-hmm. Cleveland, Ohio. Well, you maybe you should be doing it, but uh, I'm not up to date. It jumped, Value Line and I has dropped their rating to a it. five here, which always attracts me. It's something I want to take a look at. Uh, this stock's down about fifty percent from its high within the last uh, twelve months. Well, beryllium sixty-two down to thirty something, and I'm Monopoly. not quite sure why. But this, according to Value Line. This is the world's only fully integrated producer and supplier of beryllium. Now, I don't know what you need beryllium for, but having all of Weapons. it has got to be a good thing. It is. Major markets, telecommunications. Well, I think That's we want cover. more of that, don't we? I do. Uh, computers seem to be using more and more of them. That's a cover. Magnetic and optical data storage. Ah, getting closer. Oh. Oh, okay. Where does it say nuclear? And auto electronics. Mm, it doesn't say anything about yeah, nuclear. Yeah, I guess they're keeping that underground. Well, they have a they have a small part of the company maybe called Williams Advanced Materials, precious metal products. Hmm. Hmm. Foreign sales, forty three percent of total. So it's not just a U.S. company. I mean, well, again, the world's only fully integrated supplier. Everybody of wants whatever it. Whatever beryllium is. So uh, there are apparently some concerns here. They were hurt by the loss of Motorola as a customer. Value line says really only a small percentage of total revenue, but it could hurt margins. 
Well, if it's only a small part of revenue. You know, I have to say, Vern, at this point, beryllium, I'm making yeah. fun here. It's in weapons. I think it makes stuff extremely hard or able to withstand incredibly high heat. Or maybe intense and, wear without. And there's some, there are some industrial applications. It does something really well that nothing else does, and well, I just don't remember what it is, quite also honestly. relevant to the story just, just is that the price has. up in Wikipedia. In the last year. The la- live. In the last year, the price has collapsed for ruthenium. Not ruthenium. Ruthenium, ruthenium. as in babe ruthenium. What? Yeah, R U T H E N I U M. So, and that's what? apparently bad news for brush. Is that taking share from beryllium? I don't know. God. Maybe that's what the Williams Advanced Materials business makes. Vern, this idea does not seem that well evolved here. Well, but, we don't know what but we're talking they about. have a new oxide layer product that they expect sales to pick up in the latter half of the year. Is that and good? And they have a new technology yeah. uh, that Value Line says hold, holds potential, the transition to perpendicular media. Better performance, more cost efficient, penetration only at 60% at this point. How do you spell beryllium? I'm just going to punch B-E-R- it. B-E-R- Yeah. Y-L, I had that so part. barrel, like the Got name, and then L-I-U-M, beryllium. Okay, great. Let me yeah. see here. Okay. Keep talking. Oh, Don't I can keep talking? It. Yeah. And they're making a $90 million acquisition, which doesn't appear to be in Value Line's numbers. So it's a little hard to know exactly what the current valuation is ah. with the deal. Ah. But I have $600 million mar- equity market cap with no net debt. Before this acquisition, and that's less than seven times the EBITDA number that Value Line's looking for. I just want to, can I point something out about beryllium? Oh, yeah, go it's ahead. It's an extremely rare element. It's element number four. Okay. And, uh, you can't, wow, there's only three that are higher? It's a rare element in both the Earth and the universe, according to Wikipedia here. Uh, well, it must be if one company can corner the global market. Well, it's it. not. It says here it's not formed in conventional stellar nucleosynthesis. Uh, I'm sorry, nucleosynthesis. Synthesis. So obviously, Synthesis. it's uh, it's rare. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, go on. You seem uh, to know yeah, very rare. A lot about well, it. and the market must be cottoning onto this because uh, we were checking uh, prices. Right you use before it the in show copper, started. beryllium copper. Value line the shows use. the stock recently just a little above 29, but ah. apparently almost 32. Highest today. melting point. Yeah. And very hard. Okay. And it's under, attached under to 10, copper. Under 10 times cash flow, maybe 14, 15 times free. Um, there's, I think, probably some risk that we're close to some kind of sure. cyclical peak, and that explains why the stock's down Let me by just half. share some of the uh, chemical elements of beryllium copper. The, the, the we're usually element. not live, ladies and gentlemen. We're, that's why we're acting like children right now. I'm actually live on the internet, and we're usually where we go. The, name the beryllium cabin, comes the library. from Greek. We don't usually have internet. And generally refers to uh, the phrase or concept to become pale, hmm. as in the gemstone beryl. Yes. Yes. How yes. about that? Okay, I'm going to turn this. Okay. Off what about now. ruthenium? What's that? I don't know. Uh, about you that know, maybe one. it's a baseball bat additive or something. And it, it, why don't you look that up for us? While yeah, we're, uh, okay. Why don't okay? you get a secretary? I'm going to move on to the next stock while you're doing that. Anyway, check this out. Brush Engineered, it's down 50% from its all-time high within the last year. At $30, though, um, it traded uh, in the mid-teens at lows in 04 through 06. So, you know, it, 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 there's probably some risk here. You may need to do some homework, but... 
The stock's down We've a done lot, a lot man. of the homework. You have to admit. We've done a lot of the homework I'm for on you, Wikipedia actually. right now. Yeah, well, we've explained what, what else do you need to know? In a, in a sense. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to the next what appears to be really cheap stock, even cheaper. Something called Volt Information Sciences. Simber, excuse me. Symbol is V-O-L. Value line shows 1773 for the stock price. We checked it today. It's 1530 This stock... At 1773 was down 60% off of its high. I mean, so this is more like two-thirds, okay? Uh, we're looking here, Value Line is looking for more than $3 in gross cash flow. So it's about five times gross cash flow. Uh, there is a little bit of capital spending. Looks like about $1.35 is the uh, maintenance level. So you have almost $2 in free cash flow. So that's seven or eight times maybe. So looks very cheap uh, in that regard. Uh, there is some cyclical risk here as well. These are on numbers that don't show any weakness really compared with last year, except in profitability. Value line looking for $2.4 billion in revenue or $109 per share. Where I remind you the stock's at 15 They don't earn, earn much margin here, uh, under 4% forecast for this year, down from 45 Maybe uh, 4 is a longer-term normalized number. Um, return on capital... Uh, it looks like they tend to sustain a double-digit number for a few years periodically. I don't have a lot of history on that. But uh, at this price level, I've got a $400 million market cap. I have net debt. Well, they have $98 million of debt, but they have $72 million of cash. So I'm going to add maybe $50 million of, uh, of debt to the $400 million of equity, and I've got an enterprise value of $450 and I've got about $85 million of EBITDA being forecast by Value Line, what they call their operating margin times sales. That's a multiple of 5.3. So in other words, if I'm wrong by a quarter, 25% on the EBITDA number, I can multiply my 5.3 times 1.25 and come up with the new multiple that I have the entire company valued course, at. Of course you and can. And that's not even seven times. Let's so, see, can I uh, ask a question? Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry. I want to answer your earlier question about uh, ruthenium. Just an interjection. Oh, yes, ruthenium. Yeah. Okay. You what may is not it? know this. Yeah. Fountain pen nibs yes. are frequently tipped with alloys containing ruthenium. In fact, since 1944, the famous Parker 51 fountain pen was fitted with the RU nib. You know, the little uh -huh. RU that's yep. on yes. there? That's ruthenium. Right. How about that's that? That's what it is. We're all using it. 14-karat gold nib tipped with 96% ruthenium and 4% iridium. Well, okay. they must process so, and produce um, ruthenium for sale, just as they do another very hard, specialized niche metal, just like beryllium. And so pricing is down in the market for that, and that's hurt brushes return some in the short term, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, eventually, we'll be there. using more beryllium than ever, and then their prices will be back up. There's ruthenium. only so much beryllium, right. and, and they have. You know, until they go find more of it, well, right? the Russians have Volt, the other Volt provides temporary office and technical personnel. That's 84% of revenue. What encourages me here is that Dimensional and Royce both own about 6% of the company. Uh, Value Line's forecasting longer-term returns of 18 to 29% with the stock down 60 per, again, you know, uh, uh, more than two-thirds and at five times cash flow. There apparently was some kind of controversial contract, a large fiber optic installation project that they must have a long-term contract. Value Line says they're going to be recognizing revenue for years. 
They took a $12 million reserve against it, which has been excluded from the numbers. Uh, Volt forced to shoulder cost overruns. Well, that depressed numbers short term, but they've amended the contract. Uh, Value Line's talking about the risk of further losses looms, but if you're a loyal user of Value Line, you know that they tend to be uh, uh, very conservative when it comes to uh, regulatory issues and the like. And do they? Warn away. Yeah. I think they do. I think okay. they consistently yeah, warn people away from them. So you'd want to do some homework about exactly what that issue is and how much uh, in additional risk there is. But Value Line knows about it, and they're projecting operating margins over time would actually arrive to above five, arise to above 5%. Mm -hmm. So they see uh, $3 of earnings power here uh, for sale, I guess, uh, as of the end of today for 1530 Volt VO. I'll take a look at it. Can I and, ask uh, a question on that? I need to on hurry that? up. We're oh, running sorry, out of go time. Go, i got go. one more stock. Okay. Oh, yeah, sorry. I just uh, had because a this one, there. oh, my goodness, this one has been... I'll email you know, Volt in. is not uh, – Volt's uh, trading down near lows of do? the last five what years. What industries do they do? Did you mention that? No, it doesn't say. Oh. So just oh, I'm sorry. Uh, telecom is a big piece of it. Hmm, okay. okay. Uh, Georgia Gulf. I've talked about Georgia Gulf sometime in the last couple of years. Um, I, hopefully it was when they'd had one of these big sell-offs, and then the stock would you know rally for like three to six months and then sell off again. It's been a disaster of a stock, really, since peaking at the end of 2004. This stock's down more than 80%. Uh, Georgia Gulf is a leading producer, and, I, and down, uh, what is that, a dollar on, almost uh, probably like 13% from the price value line shows on their report. So you probably want to take a look at that. Well, the um, leverage is killing them. Oh, yeah. It, 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 they are a leading producer of chlorine, caustic soda, sodium chlorate, vinyl chloride, vinyl resins, uh, phenol, acetone, and methanol. Oh, my goodness. A whole bunch of stuff. But they apparently bought a business from Royal Group um, that gave them a larger exposure to housing and construction, which Value Line says is about 35% of sales. And it's just killing them because of the major downturn here in the U.S. in that business. There's uh, uh, apparently sales exported 28%. That would help with the dollar cheaper. Uh, the translation helps you, and you probably are making margin on the translation. But uh, uh, otherwise, the, dom the domestic housing thing has got to be just killing them. Raw material costs up, of course. A lot of a lot of uh, petroleum-based products here, so they probably got some cost squeeze going on. Value line showing historical operating margins, maybe ranging from 10 to 15. Uh, last year, 10. Uh, I'm sorry, eight. Value line forecasting that they'll bottom here at basically a 10-year low. Uh, that's clearly has something to do with the stock being down. Uh, the company lost money in 2007, $1.40 a share, yet cash flow per share, $3, and above capital spending. So even in a, a terrible year earnings-wise, Value Line forecasting a narrower loss year this year, a return to positive earnings in 2009. I have no idea if those are realistic, but I do believe that we're closer to a bottom in the housing market than we are to where the peak was. It may take us a while to recover, but we, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Caterpillar today forecast. Uh, housing starts in the United States this year would sink to a million for the full year and pointed out that that would be the lowest total since 1945. So, you know, we have a few more people in the country than we had then. You just built too many houses. We That's have all. A few you got to work it way, off. Right. But the, the amazing thing is, and the thing to remember, of course, is that the excess inventory is concentrated in a handful of markets. So really a good piece of the market is, you know, much healthier 
Uh, although I, I recognize that price declines are fairly widespread. They're fairly moderate. How many houses markets. are there in America? You probably have. No, no, I can't, I can't run the numbers for I you. I think I'm it's not, 120 million. Fresh. Is that right? Uh, and that includes multifamily. Maybe you have 90 million ho- homes. And so if there's a million this year instead of two million in the big picture, that's not a giant deal. It is uh, at the Delta, and we're in that right now. Yeah. So Georgia Gulf, here the question, I, the fear would be solvency, okay? Um, I, I have to work with the numbers that Value Line had calculated at their price, so they're, they're even narrower since. But Value Line had it at a $275 million market cap, so I guess it's under 250 at this point. Um, and with a total debt of almost $1.4 billion. So I've got a billion six sixty, say, in enterprise value. Uh, operating uh, a EBITDA this year should run around two hundred and fifty million, according to Value Line. So under seven times on depressed results. So of course much cheaper on a normalized level. Uh, so undeniably cheap. Um, can I cover my interest? I've got ninety million of annual long-term interest on this billion four of debt. Uh, Value line says EBITDA will be two hundred fifty million. Well, there's one answer. Uh, if I let's uh, let's get aggressive on uh, not assuming that I can count on making eight percent on three point three billion of revenue. How about if I only make six percent on three billion even, ten percent lower uh, revenue number, twenty five percent lower operating margin would still leave me with one hundred and eighty million of EBITDA, twice long term interest. So. Uh, if if that's the your worst economics, case scenario. well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You'd need to do a little work here. This is ri- this is a risky property, obviously. Uh, but I noticed that November, December, January, insider decisions buy, buy, buy. Uh, the stock has uh, is been trying to stabilize here in the mid single digits somewhere. Bottomed at six dollars last year, on its way to three dollars this spring. Has traded at nine. Is currently around seven. I, would, I have a comment on this. We yeah. talked earlier. Some stocks out of this recession are going to scream on the way out. You oh, don't if know you're which make ones. Ten times your this money could on be a stock. One of those. This might be one, but I, you know. You don't I, know that. We, we freely admit we don't know everything. Well, I about think these they stories. gotta they gotta keep a lid on capacity. But PPG makes a bunch of this stuff and is help, more diversified. We're trying to help your process so that you I, have new ways you, and tools. Is to that think what about. I'm doing? I Speak am. for yourself. I'm trying well, good to help you, people Bert. with the way Are I you? look at a stock. Well, you should look at your email. The risk. Yeah, there's people in there, right? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. So your favorite, my favorite idea this week, it's the riskiest, but it is Georgia Gulf, GGC. Yours? I think my favorite this week has got to be, uh, I like the BioVail, but my favorite more sure bet would be Hydric and Struggles, HSII, page 1298. With all the cash. Cash, we'll see you next yeah. week, folks. Sorry about the length.